This Week in HPC. Desktop supercomputing, it's back. And EU builds Exascale prototype. It's a week of prototypes this week in HPC. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Week in HPC, available on iTunes and Stitcher and distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman. We're with Intersect 360 Research. Michael, we're getting ready for supercomputing, and in that theme, I think we could talk about some supercomputers that are getting ready as well. We've got a couple of prototype systems. The first is a small one getting labeled a desktop supercomputer that's modeled after the human brain. Yeah, this one uh, just turned up in something I caught in GeekWire. Wasn't a whole lot of coverage of this thing, but it uh, basically was was presented at a conference called uh, Future in Review, and it gets the futurist crowd together and uh, talk about technology and other subjects. And they actually built this thing in four days uh, at, at the conference itself. I mean, I think they had the idea beforehand. But what they put together was uh, a desktop system with a special chip in it called True North, the IBM chip that does neuromorphic computing. And they have all sorts of interesting claims about this, this system now. Yeah, let's start with that IBM True North processor. This isn't something that we've talked about before, but they call it a, um, a synchronous, asynchronous design that does this, what you just called neuromorphic computing, which is uh, supposedly a lot better for pattern recognition and gets the power footprint way down. The whole okay. chip is, what, 70 milliwatts? 70 milliwatts for the whole chip, and it's got 4,000 cores in it. So that's, that's what you call a, a many-core chip for sure, but at a very low wattage, it doesn't work anything like a conventional computer. In fact, it's mimicking uh, human neurons and synapses uh, doing this. And so it's sort of a a specialty uh, many-core chip uh, just for sort of this type of compute uh, application. And then what we have, uh, as you mentioned from the story in GeekWire, this Future in Review conference. Now, I like that name, the Future in Review. We've got a lot of uh, people with, with some good supercomputing experience. I would say potentially most notably Larry Smarr, who we've talked about a lot before from, from Cal IT Squared. Uh, and they put together what they're calling the Pattern Computer as a right. prototype uh, that, that's uh, meant for, for pattern recognition or other big data types of applications. Right. It sounds like basically the pattern computer is is sort of built mostly from commodity parts, and it uses this true north chip in this initial implementation to do this special uh, pattern recognition type of work. I, I mean, they say in this in this article, they could actually attach any type of, uh, of coprocessor, do different types of things. But this this first uh, this first cut at it uses the uh, the True North uh, neuromorphic chip. Well, right. It's the True North. See, you say commodity parts. I, I don't even know what a commodity part is anymore. It seems like everything's going more proprietary. True right. North is certainly not a commodity no, part. No, no, no. That's a research uh, chip, right? It's not even yeah, a commercial exactly. chip. Yeah, but they do talk about the ability to incorporate different types of processing components to go alongside it, including they make special note of the the micron automata chip, which we have talked about before. Right, presumably that could be used as as another co 
processor to do uh, application work that's oriented towards uh, automata processing. But I think I have a feeling the the base system here is probably you know an x86 and has you know maybe an Ethernet network connectivity and uses regular memory. I think that's what they mean by commodity parts. Is they have this special uh, connection they're using to this this. Uh, advanced chip to do the kind of work they, they're thinking about. Yeah, and now they're calling this a disruptive uh, technology that, that becomes a, a desktop supercomputer. Now, we know how I feel about the phrase desktop supercomputer, so I, I don't want to go on too long a rant. I mean, you've made a workstation, and that's very nice. It is a new type of workstation that will do a certain type of uh, image recognition. Uh, but you know, this really continues on a trend that we've seen for new architectures to be focused on being architected around the data flow. And, you know, the, the IBM has made this a huge part of its strategy, so sure. maybe not a surprise to see an IBM research chip involved in this. But there have been a lot of other small companies that are putting out these data-oriented uh, architectures. Well, I mean, in that sense, we could even look at the, the current crop of accelerator architectures. Also, mostly in the, in the many-core model, um, they're, they're very data-centric architectures and throughput-oriented. In this case, it, it's a, a bit more specialized than, than, say, a GPU in that it, it does this uh, synaptic modeling and it, everything's measured in that sense. In fact, this one uh, executes at like 46 billion synaptic operations per second, so there's no real concept of, of flops or integer ops here. It's, it's, all, it's all done with uh, this, this neuromorphic model of computing. Yeah, what I'd like to see in this case is how it actually interacts with the data. Where does the data get stored with that many cores? I'd like to see, you know, the conventional questions like where's the cache, where's the memory, how much data can you hold without going somewhere else to do a lookup or a cache miss, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure about the low-level details either, but I have a feeling since the coprocessor, a lot of the conventional work is is going to be on the host side, whatever that happens to be, probably an x86. And then, yeah, who knows how this uh, this True North chip interacts if it has its own memory space or or, or local memory or cache and that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, obviously they these guys thought enough of this uh, this platform to put together a a system based on it and do some uh, experimental work and. Actually, it's going to be attached to the uh, uh, the Pacific uh, called the Pacific Research Platform. This 100 gigabits per second network, and it's going to be housed at, at Cal IT, where where Larry Smarr uh, works and lives. So uh, maybe people have access to it remotely or in some fashion if uh, you can get some time on it. Yeah, and and I do like this as a as a project. Let's see what other kinds of things that we can build. As we've said, we do see the the trend in high performance computing is to go more toward proprietary architectures again, where things aren't all standard or all look the same, and uh, you know that lends itself to wanting to try new things. So it's a nice idea. I don't mean to slag on it just because they called it a desktop supercomputer. Let's you know let's look at what they're doing. And, and I think that uh, th there there could be a bright future in these neuromorphic architectures. And it was neat to get a chance to talk about the IBM True North processor. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll see a follow-on article and see if they've done some application work, and we can talk about it again. 
Now, more on the conventional supercomputing side, we have uh, what's being billed as a prototype for an exascale system, although it's currently clocking in the prototype at 500 teraflops. This is part of the um, the the deep project funded out of the EU using all different European technologies in the prototype. Right, the DEEP, which I guess stands for Dynamical Exascale Entry Platform, is, yeah, like you said, EU-funded, and uh, they've done this initial work and come up with this prototype. Now, it's not all European technology, but as much as they seem to have gotten, I mean, the compute is based on Intel parts, basically Xeons and Xeon 5s, mm -hmm. which is how they got to 500 teraflops kind of quickly. But, uh, yeah, a lot of the other parts, uh, we're talking about uh, the Eurotech Aurora technology, the, the Italian-based company there for the, the server side, the Extol for the interconnect uh, from German-based uh, interconnect company, and then some of the software like the um, the task uh, data flow model coming out of Barcelona Supercomputing Center, this thing called OMPSS, and then the MPI stack coming from uh, Partech. So, yeah, sort of a mixture of different European uh products and technologies going into this thing, but uh, again, based on, on Intel parts uh, on the compute. Yeah, well, a lot of these have been based on Intel parts. That's maybe not a surprise. We haven't seen a European processor vendor really uh, right. taking the lead out there. Now, normally, when we think of European exascale projects, my mind runs immediately to Bull. Right. Uh, they made all their announcements around uh, BXI. We expect to hear more from them at Supercomputing this year. But this project may be a chance to highlight some of the other European companies that are out there and have interesting products, but we don't hear about as much. So you bring together uh, Eurotech and Extol and, and Partech and, and see what we can build with them. Now, at 500 teraflops, they've got a long way to go before that's really an exascale machine. They're calling it an exascale prototype, but that's, what, half of 1% of an exascale? Right. <laughs> or, point oh, sorry, 0.05% of an exascale machine. they got to get 2,000 times that before they get to, to exascale. Yeah, and I don't even know if the claim here is saying, oh, we can scale that up to an exascale machine. I mean, they couldn't just take these current uh, parts and technology and do that. I'm sure that the power budget itself would, would be... No, they'd be uh, at 4,000 racks. Yeah, so, but I think they're... Like a lot of the European uh, exascale projects, they're experimenting with some configurations and technologies and looking at, at, at things that will scale to those levels. And this is sort of just uh, another project that the EU is, is uh, putting its bets on and, and getting another another version of that. So it's interesting to see and, and to compare to you know things like Mount Blanc at, at BSC itself and, and some of the other projects the EU is funding. Yeah, the Mont Blanc project is an interesting one we've talked about before, and, and you, you put these uh, these technologies together at Barcelona, which has probably done more than any, as many as much as any other site worldwide in terms of scaling some of the non-traditional processors or, or components that you think of. Mont Blanc working on on ARM processors at Barcelona. I, I think yeah. that's been the most significant ARM deployment we've seen in high-performance computing. As far as the research side, yeah, for sure, and then they work with GPUs, and they're sort of putting those things into, into single nodes. I mean, the deep architecture is a little different. Than, instead of using the accelerator sort of embedded in each server, they're making, I guess they're making clusters uh, of the accelerators as sort of a separate subsystem and then connecting them to a more conventional uh, you know, CPU cluster and doing that. So uh, different architectures there and uh, just different approaches, and they're seeing you know, how far they can get with uh, with, with 
with this different type of uh, design. Well, we've got one more podcast to do before we actually get to supercomputing, Michael. One more week at home. I know we're going to have a lot more news coming out. I'd like to invite our loyal listeners who are going to be attending supercomputing to join us at our Intersect 360 networking reception. That's going to be on Monday afternoon during supercomputing from 1 to 4 p.m. at a location called Bangers, a nice beer hall that's a short walk from the convention center at 27 Rainy Street. You can email this week in HPC at intersect360.com if you'd like a little more information on that. But Michael, before we get there, we'll have one more podcast next week. We'll really warm up the news for Supercomputing Week. Looking forward to it. All right, Michael. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 